Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. Hello, how are you guys doing? <laughs> how are you today, honey? I am doing fine. So we wanted to talk today a little bit about Thailand, and there are 800 million podcasts out there about why Thailand is so amazing, the food, the tourism, exotic sites, animals, the ocean, mountains, amazing plant life, historic sites, and temples. But these are mostly for Westerners and people who, who don't necessarily live in the region. Basically, we wanted to just take some time to talk about traveling to Thailand from an Indian perspective. Yeah, yeah. There's some common things, of course, between all the travels that happen in Thailand and what people like or don't like. But there are some specific things that Indians need to be aware about and Indians need to know before they go to Thailand. And that would apply also to other South Asian people, mm-hmm. um, just the taste of food, etc. And culture that is Thailand, mm-hmm. and how similar it is to India and how different it is. So it's just interesting to uh, talk about that because being there with Westerners and being there with Indians is a bit different experience. So yeah. And that too depends upon if you are a first generation Indian, like young Indian, sort of, sort of globalized, urbanized, versus if you are more traditional Indian. So all that plays into it. Yeah. So we're going to share a bit, a bit from both perspectives. You know, if you're Indian American, Indian Canadian, if you're Indian Malaysian, whatever, you know, there are certain things that might cross cultures there are certain things that might be similar cultural points or needs that you have that we feel like we might be able to add a little bit about so we're going to cater this podcast to indian people or south asian people you know as as the indian middle class has more and more disposable income trips abroad are more of a possibility you know before traveling abroad was kind of for wealthy people or westerners but now being able to travel is becoming more and more accessible not to everyone but it's becoming more and more accessible to a huge a huge population a much larger population and we wanted to share uh thailand is is actually a really hot spot for indians Mm -hmm. Because you don't need a visa to go there. Yeah, you have a visa on arrival. But actually, you do need a visa. You just need a visa on arrival. You need a visa on arrival for Indian population. I believe you could apply for a visa before going there in India, but it's a lot more difficult or mm-hmm. just more tedious process. Mm-hmm. I was advised against it. So if you are planning to travel to to Thailand, just it's probably best to um, just get a visa on arrival and it's usually given for two weeks only please do not overstay when you are if you're an indian person and you're traveling into thailand do not stay more than two weeks without prior permission right now this is 2019 there is something going on where you they're waiving your tourist visa fee but usually you have to pay like one or two thousand baht 
which ends up being 2,000 rupees or something like that. Mm. It's like about double, double the amount of rupee. So like, double, like let's say 20, 20 baht would be about 40 rupees. Yeah, or somewhere around Somewhere there. around, I mean, a bit, they, a bit yeah. more. Yeah. You know, it's just a slight bit more than the double. I mean, visa-wise, I think, just be aware, it's usually given for 14 days and to pay for it. So Thailand is a hot spot for Indians, but there is a lot that can go wrong. And we wanted to share some of our experiences to help other people. So a little bit of background. We visit Thailand every year. And I've been four times. You've been three times. <laughs> and we stay for a minimum of two weeks and have visited a number of areas. Some friends there, but mostly tourism. Uh And we have visited a number of areas in Thailand. So this last time we took your parents, Abhishek's parents, who had not been to Southeast Asia before, but had a desire to go and try something new and see something new. So we had some learnings that we wanted to share and we're certainly not experts, but we can share what we've learned. Right. One of the topics is food. Bangkok is considered the capital of street food. It is supposed to be like the queen of foods. I mean, I think they have been ranked like one of the best places for uh, to eat in the world. Yeah. Constantly. So they and they are and they are. The only issue with that is that the type of food that Thailand offers and the fare that they have is sort of East Asian based, right? Like it is not South Asian based. So what happens with that, that, you know, there is a use of um, different kinds of spices, different kinds of utensils or silverware. What I mean is like the way it's prepared is different and the way it tastes is quite different from what Indians are are used to eating. May that be vegetarian or non-vegetarian, may that, may that be North Indian, South Indian, East Indian, West Indian. Only people I think who might um, resonate with that naturally might be people from the Northeast India. So one of the things is that the noodles, right? For example, the noodles. Noodles came to Thailand from China, from the Chinese people there. So a lot of stuff has noodles or mm-hmm. is um, has you know either in soup base or in like dry broth, like broth. Broth, yeah. yeah. So all that stuff is not very popular in India, like soup-based that it doesn't have much spice, but there's noodles in it, and then there's meat and a little bit of vegetables. That is not a very, that's not a popular food in India. So a lot of Indians, especially traditional Indians who are like just trying to eat something that's palatable, may struggle in Thailand. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, the rice is there as far as carbs are concerned. Uh, yes, there's rice and there's noodles. What goes with those things is not always easy to yeah. eat for Indians. So it's, you know, a problem for, I would say, a lot of people who are Hindu or Muslim. And if you're a vegetarian, especially, you know, it can, it can be challenging. But we're, we have some tips. So halal is available in many places, especially the large cities, but you have to look for it. I saw there were several Arabs who were asking around, uh, so you know, halal, halal, you know, and you can find it, but you have to look. Near Nana and Asok. In Bangkok. Yeah, in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. The BTS stations there, which is, you know, if you're going to Bangkok, you cannot escape Asok and Nana. But yeah, you, you there there is a sizable Arab community and Indian community. Mm-hmm. So you could find more 
halal food there if you like halal food mm-hmm. uh, or if you are practicing Muslim and you observe those things there is that there if you want to eat your home food there so first let's start with vegetarians um, there are veg- vegetarian dishes in Thai cuisine uh, Abhishek's mother is a very strict vegetarian and I'm also a vegetarian but I don't I'm not as strict about sauces or if it's cooked in the same container as some meat or something that it was cooked previously with some meat in the same container. I don't, um, I'm not as strict about that. So fried rice with no egg is something good to ask for and no fish sauce. You can kind of, it's very difficult to kind of get away from the fish sauce in Thailand. One thing that we found is that the vegetables, I think a lot of Indian people will find undercooked because that's just how they prepare the vegetables in Thailand. When you're having any kind of fried rice or noodle, the vegetables are not as cooked as we do in India. You know, they leave it a little bit like, that was a big um, struggle for your mom, especially, you know, she was saying, I felt like she was just eating a peel of vegetable and she was really struggling with that. So undoubtedly, you know, vegetables be undercooked. Just prepare yourself for that. My advice is just peel the skin off and eat it palatable for you. Local tofu is also delicious, although it's nothing like the tofu or soya paneer that we get in India or dairy paneer. It's nothing like that. So don't even really compare it in your mind. TripAdvisor has vegan restaurants if you're a strict vegetarian and if you don't want stuff cooked in the same vessel. We met someone in the airport who literally packed a whole bag of biscuits and bujia because they are strict veg and they didn't want to eat anything that was cooked in the same vessel as meat or fish. And if you're listening, hi friends, it was nice to meet you. For people like that, it's going to be really difficult. My advice, if you're really strict about what vessel or what pot your stuff was cooked in, then you can get an Airbnb instead of a hotel and bring some spices and dal with you from India. And you once you're at an Airbnb, you can or cook. any other kind of homestay. Yeah, homestay or you know something that you have your own kitchen. And once you're there, you can cook for yourself at least once a day, so that you don't starve the whole time. You know, you'll find a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables in the market. And Thailand is known for their amazing fresh fruits, and they have a variety of vegetables. So try them. Don't starve. Don't be afraid to just try some of that but that would really help if you are really strict veg and you're terrified to get fish sauce yeah. on your food not eaten all then different kinds just try then just cook your own stuff and then airbnb i've not tried all different kinds of thai food yet like i mean we've tried enough we've been there four times so we've tried different types but there is north uh, thai food there is south thai food and there are probably other types of thai food um, and there is also Chinese influence and there is Malay influence. So there's basically, as far as religious influence is concerned, there is Buddhism, there is Islam, there is Hinduism, there is, of course, all other major religions there. So there, the, the food that's popular in those cultures and those geographic locations are, are, are brought into Thailand and it, it influences the taste. But in general, what's considered Thai food is what we're talking about. If all else fails, worst case scenario, you can just go to an Indian restaurant and you can find something that you can, you can eat. Yeah, Pakistani or, or Bangladeshi, even if you're in a big city, you can 
generally even a lot of the t- restaurants will be labeled Indian restaurant even if it's like Pakistani, Bangladeshi, yeah. uh, Nepalese even. If you don't like, if you don't want to eat food that's cooked in a kitchen that, that cooks meat, then you have to ask if this is fully vegetarian kitchen, if it, you do, if, you know, of course you don't have to ask that. You can just look at their menu and if they are not a vegetarian restaurant, then you probably cannot eat there. Yeah, but, try. There are several vegan restaurants, especially in the big cities, and that will be safe. But vegan restaurant, the only issue with vegan restaurant is that the, you may not like the food, the taste of the food. Vegan restaurants are designed for Western yes, crowd. That's true. And uh, you're not going to like uh, a lot of things because there will be no dahi or dood, and there will be no uh, masala. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a vegan restaurant is for Western people. It's for salad. Salad khane wale log ke liye. <laughs> so, so do you want to talk about the non-veg selection a bit? What kind of like specific things people can find that would be palatable for? I mean, one, one one thing is, of course, everything is visible. Uh, sorry, not visible. Everything is available, but the issue is not what is available. The issue is that in what form they're available. That is one thing that I noticed there. You may not have ever seen or. Um, experience meat in those forms so like so there is fish balls that's very popular in 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 different types of broth and especially on street food this is one of the most popular street food that you will see people eating for breakfast and for dinner Mm -hmm. so it is basically it is Lots of what do you, what do you call it, sprouts or white sprouts yeah so there's sprout yeah mm-hmm. beet sprout noodles so there are three or four kinds of noodles but usually the white noodle or there is also something called tom kha tom kha or tom yum so there is all these like th- these things there are uh, sometimes those soups are a little crunchy they add crunchy uh, thing on top other, other times they don't add the crunchy but basically they have either fish ball or pork ball and but you can also get it with chicken and beef and all these things so you know like of course it's a meat eating country so you if it, you know you have to kind of like stump be able to stomach what other people are eating around you if you know you do not visit thailand if you cannot stomach that um because or just restrict yourself in staying in a in, in a more sattvic Vaishnav type of um, hotel because otherwise because if you visit any place even if they are serving you food people will be eating all other kinds of meats around you yeah and everything so, smells kind of like fish like the air just smells kind of fishy there yeah when you go to a restaurant so if you get really sick to your stomach from meat smell it's going to yeah. be hard yeah really hard for you yeah and also of course alcohol is everywhere I yeah mean, unlike uh, India I mean everyone almost drinks uh, beer alcohol like you would see like workers and bike taxis and other taxi workers and other everyone like getting together in the evening uh, at night and they're all drinking and eating street food like many people don't probably have kitchens or you know they have very small kitchen that they cook in um i don't know i've never been to lots of homes but from what i've read uh, many thai people actually eat several times a week outside which is not an indian practice mm. uh, it is slowly becoming in india more popular to eat out on a constant basis but home cooked meal is still considered the best meal in india and everybody talks about their mom is cooking and 
their 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 food that you should always eat at home and such. But in Thailand, I don't think there is anything like that. Mm. You probably going to get the same food at home mm. or outside. But I may be wrong, so you know, you correct me. Just email us if if you know if you're Thai listening to this. And, and you think differently, educate us. But otherwise, I think that's the case. And it's pretty clean. The street food, you know, it's not like Indian street food where it's, you're taking your life in your hands. You know, <laughs> It's much cleaner than you would get. So I don't know exactly why that is, but yeah. it just is. There was a scare a couple of years ago. It was that last year when um, there was an order that went out all over Bangkok that they will curb the street food and oh. everybody. That threw everyone in panic. Uh, it hasn't happened. It, in some areas, they have cleared the roads because there was this uh, thing about like being health hazard or whatever because they cook it on the street and such. But compared to India, Pakistan, Nepal, I've never been to Sri Lanka, but I've uh, never been to Pakistan either. But what I can imagine, like it is cleaner than other South Asian countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think you have to worry about the hygiene as much. Yeah. It's just that the meat products and the yeah. taste of the food is something that you have to think about. So I think, you know, there are also a bunch of chicken dishes, prawn, fish. One thing is the fish is mostly sea fish. And so people who are used to eating Indian, like river fish, fish, rehu and such, it's totally different flavor. So try it out. If you don't like it, though, just be prepared. You know, it's different. Pad Thai is always delicious. They're uh, coconut-based curries. Masaman curry, panang curry, green curry, red curry, yellow curry are nice to try. If all else fails, you know, go to Indian food, as Abhishek was saying. Uh, Nana in Bangkok is where a lot of the Indian and Bangladeshi restaurants and in Chiang Mai which is in northern Thailand in the night market is where you can find a few halal places and an Indian restaurant or two yeah night markets are everywhere yeah language and culture the other topic we can cover language is very tonal like it is some unlike anything that's in India so, but it is rooted in Sanskrit language of Indian subcontinent, and a lot of words that you hear in Thailand is actually from Sanskrit. First place where you will land is Suvarnabhum, which is Suvarnabhumi in in Hindi, which means golden land. So yeah, so there's a, words like that all over the place. There is uh, Hindi, Sanskrit, basically Sanskrit words in Thai Thai language, but they're pronounced so differently because the tonal language that you will actually miss it almost every time. You you wouldn't even know that this is Sanskrit because (laughs) it's not pronounced the way we pronounce Sanskrit. So as far as pronunciation is concerned for greeting people, the way they say hello is sawadika sawadika and sawadika is for girls when yes. girl is saying sawadika for gu- for guys it says sawadika sawadika but, but the tone is very different different so yeah, it's not like that for women it would be sawadika yeah sawadika and then guys also have the same tone it's just, it's sawadika Yes. So, and then also thank you. Thank you is kapun ka for women. Yeah, kapun ka. And sometimes people would say ka, ka. Yeah, ka also means Mm -hmm. yes. Yes, and thank you. And kapun ka is is for men. Um, And and in unlike India, people really say thank you all the time. And they really do, you know, like we do namaste, you know. It's like they actually do it excessively compared to what we do in India. Like, and they actually 
clo- close their hands. They actually put their hands together. every time. They will whatever, even if you're at a restaurant or somewhere. It's and probably you, like ancient India. Yeah, they they actually put their pen down. They put down whatever they're doing. You're buying something. They'll put their hands in the namaste, you know, position yeah. and say, you know, kapunka or whatever. Sawadika. It might be it's, different. Also, yeah. I mean, one of the things is because it is a tourist-friendly country, and I'm not sure how much of this is because there's so many tourists or do they do this to everyone within their own people I, that I don't know but yeah. you know we've been there three times four times whatever but yeah it is something across the board mm-hmm. nobody uh, most people like even people who are doing something else will put down their things and then they will yeah. you know Say so they yeah. and they will bow their head slight bit. Yeah, and so. it's totally appropriate to reciprocate that. I think people are very okay with you know they don't think it's weird for you to be saying it back to them. It's, they like that. I think mm-hmm. um, just a few cultural tips is that unlike India, Thais don't really get angry in public. I guess in some in some in ways India in India else. you do, in some days you don't. But in India, it's kind of okay to make a scene if someone's ripping you off or the taxi driver or someone's bargaining with you and you're, they're ripping you off. But that's, but it's not that way in Thailand. No. It's very polite. It's best to avoid showing too much anger, being loud. Just move on, you know. Yeah. And um, bargaining is good. It depends upon where you're at, of course. Uh, if you are, if you have learned the art of bargaining as a Westerner, then you know there are contexts. But for Indian public, uh, I think there is bargaining you know, just the same way as here, but Indians already know how to bargain. Examples such as, like, you don't bargain at a mall or you don't bargain at a brand name store and such that you're already aware of, but in a night market or in any other, like, street vendors, it's okay to bargain. Food is not usually bargained, as you yeah. already know. There is also ready-made food that is sold in Thailand, like rice, whatever meat and, and and veggies together in a pack. So if you want that, that's a cheaper option. One other thing to mention is the 7-Elevens are everywhere in Thailand. 7-Eleven is like a convenience store. It's yeah. a place where you can go and buy your necessary items all the way from Coke to medicine to anything that you need that you've forgotten back home. And you can also get food there, actually, with cheap food, like 30, 40 baht, 50 baht. Mm. So just in general about language, language culture, it doesn't have as many rough edges as India does. It feels easier to travel, to get around. There's not as much crowd. There's just not as much noise. And there is pollution, but not as bad. Do you want to talk about a pretty important cultural point is the king? The king. Yeah, in general, without making too many remarks, is that uh, king is highly respected and I believe it is unlawful to say anything against the, the, the royal family and their relatives. So pretty much everyone who's in the king, king's family and the way they run the, the country is, is usually not talked about in public. So yeah, so just avoid and be respectful towards the royal family. Um, the previous king, King Bhumidol, the ninth, Rama Nine, was highly revered. Probably the most revered king in the modern times. So, yeah, so he, and he really has built a country, helped build a country um, to, to, the, to what it is today, and a lot of people like him. 
So, so yeah, just be aware of that. So next topic is getting around. In Bangkok, the BTS is their metro system. It's so easy. It's so clean. Around the country, Grab Taxi is what they use, so you can download that app. Yeah, there's no Uber, people. Grab, <laughs> Uber, Uber, Uber sold uh, all of their sh- stocks yeah. or whatever, and then they actually took over Grab, or the Grab took over Uber. So there's yeah. no Uber, only Grab. Walking is really easy compared to India, just less crowd, dirt. Pollution is there for sure, so you yeah. might want a mask. Uh, air pollution is there for sure, so you might want a mask. Tuk-tuk is their version of an auto, an, an auto rickshaw. But unlike India, they are not necessarily cheaper than a taxi. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, they actually... There's no bargaining much either. Yeah, they don't bargain much. They know tourists want to ride on the tuk-tuk because it's a famous thing, and so they'll charge you a lot. Yeah. So sometimes it's just cheaper to take a taxi. Yeah, and the one the important thing that we forgot to mention earlier was that people, most people do not speak English or understand English. So that that is one of the most uh, difficult things about Thailand is a lot of things are not written in English. Like if you say, for example, you decided that you don't want to take tuk-tuk because it's too expensive for whatever reason, which is not going to be the case because you're going there for tourism and you have the money. But I mean, in general, if you don't really want to take tuk-tuk or metro or whatever, it will be very difficult for you to actually ride in the public bus because no one, none of the buses are written in English where they're going mm-hmm. and any of the passengers will not be able to tell you where this bus is going and where you need to go. It will become a very frustrating thing. Unless other tourists are going, I would say just stay, stick with BTS or MRT. BTS and MRT train lines and tuk-tuk and grab taxis and other types of taxis that are available. Next topic is temples and mosques. There are so many temples around Thailand which you'll find really interesting. Mostly Buddhist temples, which are open to the public. Indians really shouldn't have any problem visiting, you know, because generally Indians instinctively know how to behave in a temple. You know, you instinctively know not to wear skimpy clothes, short pants, shoulder the shoulders, instinct of not getting in people's faces when they're praying or meditating, not taking too many pictures. As far as temples, don't miss uh, Wat Pho and Wat Arun in Bangkok. Those are the biggest temples. There are a number of monasteries you can visit. Just look at TripAdvisor and they can probably tell you more than we can. There are mosques around the country, everywhere. I don't, fortunately don't know much about that, but one way you could find out would be to contact a Muslim community there or in Bangkok, go to Nana, N-A-N-A, and ask from a local Indian or Bangladeshi or Arab Muslim. Medical tourism, it yeah. is a great spot for Indians to go and get uh, any treatment that you'd like, including cosmetic and other dental treatments. Anything, really. Anything, really, yeah. They were even doing, like, gender reassignments. But anyway, so medical tourism is popular. There are a number of hospitals. One of the well-known ones is Bumrungrad, which is in Asok. Uh, in, in Bangkok. In Bangkok. And also, it is uh, going to be more expensive, most likely, than India. Uh, at least more expensive than most places in India. But it is going to be much cheaper than Western um, Western hospitals. Most of the doctors are trained in the West and in Thailand. And it's very clean, great infrastructure. And I, I think, you know, you would find there pretty much most, many of their clients come from Western countries or developed Arab countries. So yeah, it's it's a great place to go for medical treatment. 
Yeah, one stat that I found online from 2011 said that half a million people every year visit Thailand for medical tourism. That's five lakh people. But it actually has to be way more than that because just Bumangrad itself has a half a million patients every year from abroad. So it's a lot of people that are coming for to do this. And overall, it's cleaner, it's less crowded. The hospitals are cleaner, less crowded than India. Maybe something to consider. Okay, next topic. Let's talk about beaches. Yeah, other places outside of Bangkok. So, of course, you can, there are some very famous beach places. And in the beach places, there are some party beach places. And then there are some more quiet or family-oriented beach places. Uh, and probably every, every uh, known beach place has both. Some of those beaches. Because, you know, a place like Phuket which is an island within, within Thailand, has multiple beaches. Some beaches are probably going to be more party-oriented, which means there's a lot of music, a lot of drinking, a lot of uh, uh, people just being crazy. And then other places might be better suited for kids and for families to relax on the beach. So you would have to just um, uh, look into that, where you would like to go. But Phuket has some great places. There's uh, James Bond Island, PP Island, which is beautiful. Uh, there's also Krabi, Fifi Island, PP Island, and the Monkey Island and those areas near, um, in, in Phuket. Um, yeah, we also have been to another beach place called Koh Samet, and Koh Samet was very nice. It's only about four hours drive and ferry ride uh, from Bangkok, so it's a great place if you want to, if you have limited amount of time and you just want to go somewhere close to, to Bangkok. There's also Hua Hin. Mm-hmm. I, I, from my research, the beaches in Koh Samet were the best as far as swimming and hanging out is concerned. Yeah, Pattaya is also really popular. There's a really different kind of beauty that you're not going to get anywhere in India, not even Goa, at the Thailand beaches. There's so much to do, but one downfall is that you're getting away from Indian restaurants. So... There's not a lot of Indian restaurants generally in the beach places, so you have to be aware of that. Now, let's talk about swimming. So, you know, <laughs> if you're not a big swimmer, which a lot of Indian people are not, some are, and hats off to you if you know swimming, that's wonderful. But if you don't, it's good. You know, enjoy the shallow water of the beaches and the swimming pools. And a tip, you know, one of the best things to do in Thailand is to go snorkeling but if you don't know swimming it's going to be very scary for you so because they actually put you out in the middle of the ocean and you have to jump off the boat into the ocean it, it even for me who I I've known how to swim since I was two years old it was a bit it's a bit scary just to be out in the middle of the ocean you wearing a, you're wearing a life jacket but just let the instructor the guy know who is managing it just let him know that I don't really know swimming so sometimes they'll have a rope that you can hold on to or they'll have a little uh, floating device you can hold on to because this is really something you don't want to miss is the snorkeling. It's pretty amazing. My suggestion is also to try snorkeling ahead of time in the pool and get used to the breathing apparatus, trying to figure that out, how to breathe through the tube. Another thing about Thailand is the sun is very bright and hot and the skies are more clear than India. So you will get burnt or your color will change a lot, which I know a lot of people are really concerned about is like, you know, so that's a concern and you should wear a hat, you should wear long sleeves, you should wear sunscreen because uh, get burned or have your color change because the sun is very bright. 
Last few tips is something you might not know is that there's actually a lot of animal abuse and human trafficking that takes place as a result of tourism. Being aware and not supporting animal abuse is a suggestion. You know, elephant riding is a big thing, but it's actually a really cruel practice. And aquariums with whale shows, elephant shows, they're, you know, forcing these animals to do all these tricks. It's, it's just pretty cruel the way that they train them and all this stuff. There's a lot of research. You can Google it about elephant riding and how bad it is. So just be aware that, you know, it's not like necessarily like India where these animals are being kind of living in the jungle and, you know, having free life. It's not really like that. And also for human trafficking, you may or may not know that there is uh, a lot of sex tourism, which takes place in Thailand. Many of these people who are here are not here necessarily by choice. Some of them are trying to escape poverty some of them have been sold by their parents or relatives to be there. Some people are from different countries who've been trafficked, and they're not necessarily living in these brothels because they're just trying to make extra money. So it is somewhat like India in that sense that this is not really, in our opinion, something that you want to support or take part of. It's quite a mess, and it creates a lot of problems in the society. So we encourage people not to necessarily participate in that kind of stuff. Overall, we recommend Thailand. We think it's fantastic. What else do we have to add? Any last tips? No, I think that's, that's, that covers um, most of the things that we wanted to say. There's a lot more uh, to think about. There's a lot more to talk about, but these are some of the things that we thought would be helpful as uh, for, for South Asian tourists. All the best as you ever, if you're ever planning to visit Thailand. And some of this might even apply in Vietnam and Cambodia and Laos and some of those countries so, so yeah just be aware cheers The following is a true story. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. Called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. If we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or we'll give your money back. That's what makes us different. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-885-4884. That's 800-885-4884. 800-885-4884.